but one of the three figures here, one of the, uh, the um, appearances here in human form is not merely an angel. There's two angels, but there's also God in human form. Genesis chapter 18, verse 1. And the Lord appeared to him by the oaks of Mamre as he sat at the door of his tent in the heat of the day. And he lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, three men, there they are, the three men we're talking about, were standing in front of him. When he saw them, he ran to the tent door to meet them and bowed himself to the earth and said, O Lord, O Lord. Now, the way he's addressing them, it's not just sir, but he recognizes one of them is the Lord. O Lord, if I have found favor, favor in your sight, notice what he says next. Do not pass by your servant. Don't pass by. And there are times in our life, in the midst of the storm, in the midst of the trouble, that the Lord not only sees us, but the Lord comes to us, and the reason he comes to us is to pass by us, listen, so that we might reach out to the Lord and say exactly what Abraham said here, and that is, Lord, do not pass me by. Lord, I don't want to miss you. And whenever we're in the midst of uh, trouble, Whenever we're in the midst of things that do not seem to be going right, this is the prayer. Lord, please, please help me to see you clearly because I'm not seeing clearly. Lord, when you show up, Lord, don't pass me by. But Lord, would you have mercy on me? Lord, have mercy on me. Lord, come and minister to me in the midst of my need. And there are uh, some here this morning that, that need to pray that prayer. Lord, have mercy. We were, we were praying that on, uh, on Tuesday night. Lord, have mercy on me. You say, well, I'm already a Christian. I've already met the Lord. Listen, the more we know the Lord, the more our heart aches for him. Amen? It doesn't decrease. The more we know him, the more our heart goes, Lord... Don't pass me by. Lord, help me not to be like the disciples here who are dull of understanding. Lord, I recognize, I don't say that in judgment, but Lord, I recognize that I also can be dull in my understanding of who you are. Lord, I understand that I can get swept up into the wrong plans for my own life. Lord, I recognize that I'm fragile. And then if I'm not careful, I'll end up following the crowd that seems like they believe in you, but they really don't. Lord, don't pass me by. Don't pass me by. And so the Lord here isn't doing a race. He's not like, see you guys on the other side. You, know, you guys are struggling. Check this out, you know, and just walk across on water. That's, that's not what he's doing. He's coming to them so they might see him and they might see him for who he, he really is. Sadly here, unlike Abraham who recognized the Lord, they don't recognize him. And as we think about this text, it's easy to be sympathetic with them because if you're on a boat 
and you see a figure walking on the water, that'd be a little strange. That's unusual. And so it's easy to go, come on, guys, of course, it was Jesus. You know, why can't you figure that out for yourselves? Well, they're in this boat and in the middle of a tiring night, and the last thing that they are thinking is, the Lord is going to actually meet them on the water. In verse 49, it tells us exactly what they thought. But when they saw him walking on the sea, they thought it was a ghost. So these guys were not, these are tough fishermen and guys who um, were not easily afraid, but you look at this, and you see someone walking on the water, they're thinking this is a ghost. You ever get scared at night? Oh, no, not me. I never get scared at night. Remember one time we were hearing uh, noises downstairs, and so I leaned over to Crystal. I said, you better go check that out. <laughs> no, just kidding. No, 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 no. So they, they're walking on the sea. They thought it was a ghost. And they cried out. The Lord comes to us in ways oftentimes in the midst of our trouble, in ways that we don't recognize him. Leon Morris puts it like this. Christ constantly comes to us in ways that we do not anticipate. You ever think about that? We're expecting the Lord to come in this way. The Lord, he's going to meet us on the other side. The, the, the Lord's plan is, the Lord's plan is, we just got to keep persevering through this. And we don't even recognize, here, here's the Lord coming to us in the midst of it, walking on the water. We're not, we're not expecting him. He says this, Christ constantly comes to us in ways that we do not anticipate. Unless we welcome him, however he comes. Our spiritual experience will always be the poorer. Says the Lord comes in different ways, and we need to be sensitive to the way that He is coming to us, welcoming Him, saying, "Lord, I want to recognize You when You come." Obviously, the apostles here did not recognize Him. Verse fifty says, "For they all saw Him. They all saw Him." So this isn't like you know Peter's having a hallucination here. For they all saw Him and were terrified. Do you know that God is uh, terrifying when we don't accurately see him? When we don't accurately understand who God is, he's terrifying. We say, well, the Lord isn't going to come walking on, a, on the water to us today in a boat, or he's not going to physically walk into this, uh, this room here. Well, that's true. He's ascended into the heavens, and we wait his second return. But how many people are terrified by the ministry of the Holy Spirit? I mean, there, there, there are people, we, we say, well, you know, these guys are terrified of God. People are still terrified of God. These aren't hardened unbelievers. These, these guys believed in Jesus, as we were going to see. There was definitely unbelief left. There was definitely hardness of heart left, but they believed in the Lord. As one commentator said, they were just dull in their understanding. 
And listen, there, there are people today who genuinely love the Lord. And I mean Christians. I'm not just talking about, you know, someone on the verge of coming to Christ. And people who today are terrified of the work of the Holy Spirit. Now, we have seen, we have seen a lot of strange things, haven't we, that are not of the Lord. We've seen it. In fact, uh, the church has seen it all, it seems like, uh, even in the past 30 years. All sorts of strange manifestations, strange occurrences, odd things that are not of the Lord. But is it possible that in our, in our fear that sometimes we've actually rejected the work of the Holy Spirit? when if we only could see him accurately, we would be comforted and see that he comes to us to actually minister to us, that we don't need to be afraid of him, that we don't need to fear him. We fear him in the holy reverence sense. Well, we don't need to fear him like, oh, he, you know, he's, he's odd or he's weird or he's going to do something strange. You know what more of us need to do with, with the work of the Holy Spirit? is just open ourselves up, even like Abraham. Do not pass me by. How does the Lord, how does the Lord minister today in the church 2,000 years later after the ascension of Christ? He, he ministers here by the power and by the presence of the Holy Spirit. So when we're saying to the Lord, do not pass us by, we're talking about the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And some of us have become so rigid in our thinking about God, that we've actually forgotten that God is a person. The Holy Spirit is a person. He's not a theological concept. He's not a theological concept. It's not just, oh, we, 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 we understand who God is up here, but we don't really experience him in our heart. And I believe that just like the disciples were terrified that the Lord often comes to us in the power and the majesty of the Holy Spirit. And instead of saying, I recognize his work, oftentimes we say, oh, we're, we're afraid. That, that scares us. In, in my experience uh, with the presence of the Lord, one of the, one of the wonderful things about God is when he comes, listen, he comes to convict, he comes to comfort, he comes to heal. He comes to reveal to us that God is exactly who he says he is. And he pours his love out into our hearts more and more and more. And so the prayer of our hearts should be, Lord, I don't want to fear you in that sense. Lord, I want to reverence you. You're awesome. You're holy. But Lord, I want to be open. Lord, I want to be open to whatever it is that you want to do in my life. And as we come to him in that way, as we stop fearing him with the wrong kind of fear, and we begin to receive him for the work that he wants to do in our lives, all of a sudden we'll recognize how good he is. Oh, Lord, you're so good. Lord, you wanted me to experience your love. Lord, help me not to be resistant to you. Lord, help me not to be dull of understanding. Lord, help me to be soft. And to be pliable. Now, how do we know the Lord is like that? Well, because the Holy Spirit is just like Christ, and Christ is just like the Father. They're, in the, they're of the same essence. And notice what Jesus says here 
in Mark chapter 6. He doesn't go, it's good you guys are terrified, you know, the joke's on you. That's, that's not what he said here. Can you imagine? That's, that's not what he says. They're all terrified in, in verse 50, but immediately, that is, right away, he didn't wait, he didn't play on their, on their fears. He spoke to them and said, Take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. That's the voice of God. You don't have to be afraid. People say, well, <clears throat> what if I open up myself to God and a demon comes? And you know those people open to the work of the Holy Spirit. A lot of times they're opening themselves up. What they're really opening themselves up is to the demonic. Really? Let me, let me ask you a question. Have you, have you ever known anyone who loves God's word, who says, I want to submit to God's word, who only wants the Jesus of the Bible, who calls out to the Father in the name of Jesus for the Holy Spirit, asking him to, to send the Holy Spirit to work in their life in a fresh and new way? Do you think the Father is going to give them a demon? God forbid. How much of you, when you come and you ask the Father for an egg, is he going to give you a scorpion? How much more so will the Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? And so when we, when we, come, when we come to the Father, we come in the name of Jesus, and listen, this is the words of, of the Father, this is the words of the Son, this is the words of the Holy Spirit. Don't be terrified. Don't be afraid. It's I. Now, uh, Jesus is pointing them in a, a different direction, a better way. The, the way of the crowd was, let's make him a political king. Jesus wants to have them see him in a completely different light. Now, something happens here. It's actually not in our text in Mark chapter 6. But just so we see it, let's go to Matthew chapter 14. Matthew 14, because there's, there's something interesting that happens. These are parallel accounts. Matthew uh, chapter 14, uh, verse, uh, verse uh, 27. Matthew chapter 14, verse 27. Um, but immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, here it is again, what we just read, Take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. And Peter, now here's what's not in our text in, in Mark chapter 6. Peter says, Lord, if it is you. This is what we were just praying earlier in our, in our worship time and singing. Lord, this is, this is what Peter says. Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. This is when this account happens. Command me to come to you on the water. And he said, that's Jesus said, come. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and uh, came to Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid. He's seeing the effects of the wind. The, the waves are crashing against the boat. Things are dark. It's scary. And he's afraid. And he, beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Lord, save me. And Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took hold of him, saying to him, O oh, you of little faith, 
Why did you doubt? Why did you doubt? So Peter is in the boat, and he's looking out, and they're all looking at Jesus. They see him. They don't recognize him. They're scared to death. Is this a ghost? Peter says, Lord, if that's you, call me out. I want to walk on the water, too. I want to come to you. He begins to step out, and isn't that exactly what we often do? We begin to step out in faith, and then we begin to look at circumstances in our life. Sometimes they're present circumstances. Sometimes they're past circumstances. We want to come to the Lord. We're walking in faith, and all of a sudden we get our eyes on the things of life that we have experienced, and we begin to doubt, and we begin to sink. Immediately the Lord comes over and he pulls Peter out of the water and they get into the boat together. Now I want to show this to you in John chapter 6. John chapter 6, this also is another, another perspective here on this uh, same account. John chapter 6, verse 21. So now he has rescued Peter from the wind and the waves. He takes him out of the water, and now they get into the boat. By, by the way, just in passing, we're not going to spend time, time on this. We need to bring this to a, to a close, but there's something to be said about bringing the Lord into the boat. Lord, come into our life, inviting him into our life. Lord, come into our life, come into our, our boat. Now, notice what he says in verse 21, John says, Then they were glad to take him into the boat. I bet. I bet they were glad. Now, things hadn't been going so good up until that point. They think they, you know, they're seeing a ghost, wind, waves. They're not getting anywhere. Now, notice this. And immediately the boat was at the land to which they were going. Something miraculous here now happens again. Now, again, there have been some people said, now what happens is Jesus gets into the boat and now they're energized, they really put their back into it and they get to shore real quick. That's not what's going on here. The Bible says they're, they're out here on the lake. As soon as Jesus gets into the boat, they're there. That's the point. They're going to the other side uh, Jesus has called Peter to himself. Peter comes out. Peter falls. Now they get into the boat. Now you think they're going to kind of get, you know, go the rest of the way on the journey and get to the other side, but that's not what happens. Instantly, the boat is where they are going. This is absolutely miraculous. So this, this whole story, this whole historical account from beginning to end is a miracle. It's a miracle how Jesus sends them out. It's a miracle how he sees them up on the mountain as he's praying. It's a miracle how he comes to them on the water. It's a miracle how he calls Peter to himself. It's a miracle how all of a sudden the boat is exactly where they're supposed to be, uh, the destination. They have all of a sudden arrived. It's like getting into, a, getting into a plane. In our case, as it was a couple weeks ago, we're going to Los Angeles. We're struggling. We're struggling. The, the, the flight is supposed to be five hours. We're two hours into the trip. Jesus shows up on the plane. We're there. And uh, by the way, we, we see this in Acts. Listen, God can take someone from this city and all of a sudden, boom, put them in this city. You say, that's impossible. It's in the scripture. And uh, we need to submit, listen, we need to submit our minds to the scripture. And we come to the scripture and we say, yes, scripture, you're above me. This is beautiful. Isn't this amazing? This is awesome. Can you imagine being a part of that? 
Now look with me at Mark chapter 6, and we're going to bring this thing to a close. <laughs> Verse uh, 51, the, he gets into the boat with them in Mark chapter 6. The wind ceases. That's a miracle. And they were uh, utterly astounded. For they did not understand about the loaves, but their hearts were hardened. What's this saying? This is, this is saying this. This is saying that Jesus fed the 5,000. He feeds 20,000 people. This is why we're talking about the response that he desires. And after watching him perform this miracle, listen, they still didn't get exactly who he was. That's what the text says. Their hearts were hardened. They're watching this miracle. This is why it's possible. Listen, it is possible. You say, if the Lord only did a miracle like that in front of my face, I would believe. No, no, not unless your heart was softened to the things of God. Now you ask, what is the right response then? Because that was the question that we started off uh, a week ago. What is the response that Christ is looking for? What is he looking for? Is he looking for them to set him up as a political king? No, we know that's not why he's doing all this. Why is he going to the trouble of doing miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle in this one night right after the feeding of the 5,000? And the answer is in Matthew chapter 14. So let's go to Matthew chapter 14. Matthew chapter 14. Matthew 14. Matthew chapter 14, same account. And we close with this. Matthew 14. If someone would get the crystal, please. Thank you. Matthew chapter 14. Now, let's set this up very quickly. Jesus has come to them on the water. They are totally blown away by this. I mean, who, who, can, who can walk on the water? That's, that's amazing. He gets into the boat. They watch one of their comrades, Peter, walk on the water, even though it was for just a bit. They, they, they watch him walk on the water. And then after he gets into the boat, they're immediately, they look around, they're like, we're, we're at shore. This is, this is astounding. Now they begin to get who he is. This is the response. Listen, this is the response. This is what Christ is looking for. Verse 33 of Matthew 14. And those in the boat worshipped him. Those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly you are the Son of God. This is the response he's looking for. The Lord is looking for the response. Listen, he's looking for the response of worship. And we can, we, listen, we can do all sorts of things with Jesus. We can come into a service like this with our heart absolutely unmoved and unchanged. We can say that we have known him in a sense, but listen, until our hearts are moved, this shows that Christ is God. He is worthy of worship. He's worthy of our worship even here on this hot, humid Sunday afternoon. Amen. He's worthy of worship. Okay, if the band would please come, and we're going to close in just a moment in a word of prayer.